Hey guys, welcome back to the WBF Podcast. I'm here with Pastor Leslie Hunt. Leslie, how are you doing? Good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing great. Is that crazy? We were just talking about it. Yeah, it is. It's still kind of a little bit surreal, but um, walking it out with Garrett and us just kind of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just diving in and, um, you know, that's helped kind of adjust us to it, not really thinking too much about it. So it's, I guess that's why it still feel, feels kind of weird because we don't really think about it that much mm. until someone mentions it. We're like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So like before he felt called, did you start feeling something inside you being called t- towards something? Me personally? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I always knew that God had called me to kind of like a bigger something bigger than myself, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. Um, and like, I could see it in Garrett before he, but he could see it in himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew he was personally called to, to preach the word to, to pastor people. Um, but I think I am a little bit slower seeing it in myself mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, and I think maybe that's just like the labels of stuff maybe is a is a reason why I've not really thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I could have... I couldn't have seen all this right now before right. for myself, particularly. Um, what I think is really cool is that you guys were working together, and I don't think you see that very often. Yeah. Uh, you know, husband and wife getting ordained at the same time and, and feeling that calling and, and moving into that calling, like, simultaneously was like really cool to see and getting to know Garrett over the time I've got to know him. It's just awesome to see him in his gifting and know like you're called for this. Yeah. And uh, you know, because I've been around him, I've been around you a little bit more and seeing how you interact with the youth and uh, something that really stood out to me about you is when we were baptizing, Mm -hmm. I really felt like I saw your like mother's heart Mm -hmm. in that. And like, not every mom has that sometimes, you know, you would want a mom to have that. But like when you were baptizing the people, you were like, make sure you hold your nose and you're being like really sweet and kind to every single person that we baptized. Mm-hmm. And I just, that stuck out to me. That was highlighted to me. Well, that, that's really cool, you know, cause that's just kind of intuition, like intuitive. Like I don't really think too much about it. And that's really something that the Lord's kind of shown me, um, is the, this nurturing, that he's given me to four people in general. Um, there have been a couple of times where I've prayed for people, adults or children, and, you know, they'll just lean over and put their head on my shoulder or mm. they'll lean in and put their head on my shoulder, just kind of let their guard down and feel like they can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I found really precious um, because, you know, that's God's nature mm-hmm. um, to be that nurturing and, it wasn't something that I, like my mom wasn't a very nurturing person. Mm. So, um, but I always have, I've always had a really big heart and like, you know, big capacity to love and everything. But the nurturing is something um, that's a little bit different, you know, that's mm-hmm. a little bit um, like, a, like a mother would. 
Yeah, we need more of it. You know, we need more, like I talk about it on here all the time, spiritual fathers and mothers. Mm -hmm. And so that for you to be called into ministry and also have that like spiritual motherhood aspect to it, to where people can come and trust you Mm -hmm. and feel like comforted. There's nothing like a mother's comfort whenever you're sad or whenever you're struggling. Uh, I'll never forget the times where I'd like crawl up into bed with my mom and just, you know, feel comfort. And that's something that's really special, and it's that something that I feel like the church needs more of, is more m- loving mothers. Yeah. And um, so, I was going to ask you how you and Garrett got uh, met and stuff, mm-hmm. but I feel like we'd jump ahead too far if we just dive into y'all. So, let's dive way back into what was church life like for you growing up. Yeah. Um, so, one thing about church life growing up as a kid, I think about um, a friend of mine, her name is Bailey, um, who invited me to church, mm-hmm. um, and her mother and her dad and her sister. Um, you know, my mom didn't, we didn't sit and read the Bible. We didn't, she didn't like take us to church. I think she had a lot of church hurt, um, with her family and stuff. They're Pentecostal. And so mm-hmm. I grew up thinking like, though, but you definitely don't want to be Pentecostal because <laughs> the way she talked about it. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's just funny now because I find myself more of the charismatic person. Um, but I don't know what happened with her, but um, she didn't like actively take us to church. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't good with people and crowds and stuff like that too. So, mm-hmm. um, so a friend of mine, you know, invited me and um, it was actually at Sharp Missionary Baptist was where I got saved. Mm-hmm. Um, about sixth grade. Okay. Um, but I really, I feel like I had, or I know I had a more intimate relationship with Jesus way before then. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't in, in church. It was just him comforting me and his presence, like being very tangible, um, to mm-hmm. me as a child, just with some things like that happened in areas where you know, the people in my life lack that ability to love and nurture mm-hmm. um, me and protect me in certain ways. He came in as a father and mm. did that. Um, and it, it's really, I look back on that. I'm just so grateful because not everyone can like notice God like that when they're young. Um, but I've always felt really grateful for that. And I remember having, I had a Bible. Um, my mom had gotten me for Christmas or something. And I remember if I had questions, I would open my Bible and look, you know, mm-hmm. and I remember asking God one day, I was like, God, do I pray to you, Jesus, or do I pray to God? <laughs> you know, like, because people talk about Jesus and God, and they're the same, but they're different. And I'm like, I, you know, mm-hmm. and so he took me straight to the scripture, you know, where it's Jesus giving a sample of how to pray. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's just really cool because he's had, I've had moments like that a lot with him where he just like, he steps in and he, you know, shows me things, reveals things. and. Um, got to feel his presence from an early age. And um, there was a, I went to church with her. I don't know how long I had been going before I got saved, but I remember the, the day because um, the pastor, he asked, if you were to die today, do you know for sure where you would go? Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like, oh no. <laughs> I want to know that I know where I'm going and I'd be like, I think I know. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, that day I was like, Lord, I, you know, you're my Lord, my savior. I wanted to, you know, follow him ever since been with him ever since, you know, I've not been perfect, but 
Um, so yeah, I was, I'd go to church with her some, and then, um, as I got older, um, I don't think I was, when we didn't go to church faithfully with my mom or anything, but, um, I think it's awesome that like, even as like a preteen into your teenage years, you, you're opening your word. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I feel like we ask God for clarity on something and then we're not willing to like seek it out. And it's, it's like uh, inspiring to me to think of like these youth that we're helping with that you guys are pouring into that I get a chance to sit in there with. It's like, if they just open their word, they'd find the answer. The Lord is so gracious and so faithful to us and he'll show us in our times of need if we're just willing to seek him. And you can tell that some of them are starting to grasp that Yes, it's because awesome. as they open up and share what they're getting out of the word, mm-hmm. it's like, yes, they're finally, some of them are finally getting hold of it. And that's like so important. I remember at that age of how much I loved the Lord and I was in my word more. Mm-hmm. I was like really into it. And that's where our relationship really starts. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And that's something that I think easily gets neglected mm-hmm. just because you do have to be, um, disciplined like pastor don was preaching about this sunday you know being a disciple i mean you have to Mm -hmm. be disciplined and unless you're actively dedicating um that time to him like i recently asked the lord i've you know i'm praying and i have a a different job that i've had before and so time is different and um you know between going to work and spend time with family and Mm -hmm. ask god i was like lord just show me how i can how you would want me to dedicate time to you. Mm-hmm. Like what part of my day do you want me to just spend time in your word? Um, you know, spend time in your presence. And, and he told me 4am. <laughs> and uh, I was very clear. There was no, um, did I hear you right, Lord? Like it was very clear 4am. And so, cause I go to work at six and mm-hmm. so I come home and that's like, you know, your kids see you and then you're like, game over you know you can't like do anything else much which is fine he's good but you know if i hadn't been if it hadn't been important to me enough for me to ask god listen for a response and Mm -hmm. be patient because he didn't tell me right away i mean it was you know a while weeks months asking Mm -hmm. the lord what do you how do you want me to make you a priority like spend that time with you Mm because i knew it wasn't just gonna be like pick a time or like you know sit at the kitchen table my kids tear apart my Bible it's not gonna work you're right um and I and it was very clear and um and so I went to set my alarm for the first time I'm like you know probably 4 30 is probably okay I probably can do that you know I couldn't wake up at 4 30 hmm. and I was like I I cheated God out I asked him for an answer he hmm. gave a very clear answer and I'm over here trying to be like get 30 more minutes of sleep mm-hmm. and that's just it, that's just human nature, you know, we're just so easily thrown off course like that, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll just 30 minutes be fine and couldn't do it. And I'm like, you know, it's because I wasn't being obedient in that. And I thought that mm-hmm. it would just be okay. And you might can talk yourself out of that, but like he said specifically, and I need to listen and follow specifically. And so I've been set my alarm at 4am, you know, and I get up, I hear my alarm in the morning and that's been a problem for me, mm-hmm. particularly I'll turn off my sleep mm-hmm. and, um, and I hear it in the morning, I wake up and get spend time with him in the word. And it's, it's, it changes a lot, everything really. 
obedience is so important and man just hearing you say 4 a.m makes my like flesh scream inside yeah. like i know i'd be like questioning even if it was like a sure thing from the lord big like, oh man are you sure about yeah. that yeah and uh it shows you how easily your flesh can try to push back because yeah. like you're thinking 30 minutes isn't that much of a difference mm-hmm. and the next you know you're not waking up until 20 minutes before you have to leave for work yeah, or whatever the case absolute, may be. 100%. Yeah. And so it's so important to, you know, me and Jody were just talking about it um, just yesterday about that discipleship and that discipline mm-hmm. and how we really want to work towards being more disciplined. Hebrews 12, 11, mm. um, the Lord's given me specific verses that he wants me to like meditate on. And I don't, at first of all, I was like, maybe it's a weekly thing. Mm. Um, and this Hebrews 12, 11 has been on my where I go and I see it when I go in there with um, the Lord in my office, or my and Garrett's office, and um, and I read it every morning. I look at him like, and then I read, and I'm like, is he? I don't I can't move on from that. Hmm. Um, and it and it says, um, you know, about let me pull it up here because I'm gonna miss I'm gonna misspeak and I don't want to with the word. I do not want to ever. Um, Jerry's the same way. She's like, I can't, I can't not misquote it. I gotta I look it up. And I, yeah, because yeah. I know it, but it's like if I'm gonna have to speak it, like <laughs> I'm gonna mess it up. Um, for the time being, no discipline brings joy, but seems sad and painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness. And as amplified, it says, right standing with God in a lifestyle and attitude that seeks conformity to God's will and purpose. Hmm. And I'm like, man. So that was kind of what hit me in the face too. Kind of right around the time where I was like really listening to when he was tell- like what he was wanting me to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's still haven't moved on past that one. It's been weeks. That's good. It's good to we were just talking about that because John was talking about getting word in your heart how yeah. important it is. So that's really cool that that scripture has been on your heart. And it goes just in line with what the Spirit was mm-hmm. speaking through John. Yeah. So. You get saved, mm-hmm. but you're not like in church. Yeah. Did you see yourself like struggling with the ways of the world as you got went through school, or did you struggle with your belief after you got saved when you were younger, or were you solid? I was. I was solid. Um, mm-hmm. I was very confident, and I was a very shy kid. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't talk me. You couldn't pay me enough money to do something I did not want to do. Um, you couldn't talk me out of my values, out of what I knew was true. Hmm. Um, it made middle school kind of difficult um, just because it's a little bit lonely if you're not following the crowd. Same with high school, but, um, you know, especially if you're shy, too. And so, mm-hmm. no, I, I steadfast for the Lord um, since, you know, and I've been somebody that I well, I know I've, you know, I've had people in my life be like, man, I just, you know, feel either convicted around you or like, I remember after high school, there was this guy that came up to me and was like, you know, I always wanted to be more like you. I never could. And because mm. like, I didn't get invited to all the parties. I didn't get invited to these things that people, they're like, Leslie doesn't do that. She's not going to mm-hmm. want to be around that. And they're, they're right. And it didn't, you know, I had plenty of friends that didn't hurt my feelings, but like my actions and um, the way I, I carried myself is very important. Mm. It has always been important to me, like that I am, um, you know, 
doing the things that would be pleasing to the Lord. Now, mm-hmm. you know, definitely not perfect. And, you know, I, there are times as you get older where, you know, gets, I would say in more college years, mm-hmm. um, you know, I feel like it wouldn't have been so obvious if you mm-hmm. didn't know me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that was like my rebellion stage or, but I still was, you know, have a relationship with the Lord. It was very tumultuous too. You mm-hmm. know, once you get in those stages of, um, well, I think I'm going to just, you know, go to this party with my friends right. and a slippery slope. And then you're like, oh my gosh, but I shouldn't be acting like that. I shouldn't be talking like that. You know, mm. I love the Lord and like, I can't witness, I, you know, my witness people was really important to me. Mm. Um, and so that brings a lot of turmoil within yourself, you know, and um, so. Yeah, I wish I had more of that because there's definitely like a season in my life where I felt like I, he was so important and I wanted to like show him. And then I definitely like, know I lost that. Yeah. And I got selfish in wanting to please myself. Mm-hmm. And that's when you really are in trouble of like what you stand for, what people see when they see you, like the example you're setting and like how selfish I was from going to smoking weed to drinking and then really just making a fool of myself like over and over and over again really like dampening that example i could have set for so many people um you go from being like on fire for the lord and if you're not careful it can lead you when you're you know start going down that path to where you're just living for the world Mm -hmm. and you don't really care like what people think about you you see that today so much people who are like confident and being themselves you know like i'm mm-hmm. confident that i can do whatever i want you know yeah. what i mean yeah where's your confidence coming from is it coming from self is it coming from you know the lord mm-hmm. um yeah that's definitely something that you know that slippery slope and i try to tell the kids a lot about mike i feel like i'm always preaching to them like you have to know like who you are and, and what you stand for, because if you're not being taught by the Lord, if you're not in the word, um, the, the world will, is going to teach you mm-hmm. and that's where you'll get your, um, what you think is truth from, but it's, it's a lie and, um, it's only empty and hollow. You know, you'll go out there living your life thinking I'm, you know, I'm free. I don't, you know, just living, just living my life. And mm-hmm. it's like, but you're anything but free. You know, mm-hmm. just shackled to to sin, and I think that's even what they talked about this past Sunday too. I don't know if it was, I think it was Caitlin who mm-hmm. said about so the sunset's free is free indeed, and it's not just like, um, you know, people take that out of context a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's like you're free from sin, like you're not a slave to that sin anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important for these kids to understand because, you know, we see them walking through like so much like when i taught that week about um you know gratitude and how it'll take you out of a pit of you know depression oppression Mm -hmm. um, anxiety and i talked about like how like dark that can be and i just truly hope to like none of those kids have experienced that that feeling in that dark place and Mm -hmm. but they have like a lot of them have and that was really heartbreaking. Um, I think sometimes we try to not talk about certain things around them because, you know, it's not really exactly uplifting or we think mm. um, we shouldn't talk about it. It's taboo or whatever. 
there's different kinds of stigmas around things, but there's so I've learned over like probably, especially this past year, there's so much freedom uh, to be found in being able to talk about things. Um, And I think that's one of the best things about having a podcast and people Mm. come on is, you know, talking about things that, because there are literally people who are struggling with something and they think that they are the only person that feels that way. They think they're the only person that's ever been through what they've been through, had the thoughts that they've had, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's just so not true. And that's what the enemy wants us to think that we're alone in. Yes. And these kids, you know, just, I think that's why Garrett resonates with the kids so much and people in general, because he's so vulnerable and like, real and mm-hmm. genuine mm-hmm. they don't they know like man this guy's not just like saying stuff that i want to hear or acting like you know he's been through it and he's learned and, and i think that's why you know those kids just hang on every word that he says i don't know if you rec- realize that or like you picked up on oh, it too sure. but like man those kids just adore him and i love i love watching it because he adores those kids too he really does they need so they need honesty and yeah. i've said it before but you know, if we don't talk to them about this kind of stuff, somebody else is. Yeah. And someone else is going to tell them how to deal with these tough issues. And there's no doubt in my mind that there's been kids in our youth who've probably contemplated suicide, yeah. gone through depression, gone through some tough life situations that I can't even imagine mm-hmm. as like a 27-year-old and they're 14. Yeah. And so really being honest with them and showing them ways out of the pit mm-hmm. so important. And yeah, you know, Garrett being just so honest with them, I do, I, I do see it. You know, you can just tell a difference, and uh, it's just so important. It is because I feel like maybe if people had talked about more stuff, like my mom was like, "Once we felt you don't, you just don't talk about it. Mm. You know, it doesn't exist. Don't talk about it. You don't bring up anything. Mm-hmm. You know." And so that's that's dangerous. You yeah. know, and you're responsible for children. And the Lord's placed, you know, Garrett and I in this area of responsibility that we don't take lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, Was your dad around? My biological dad, no. Okay. Um, he's alcoholic. They had, you know, some domestic violence thrown in there. Haven't mm. seen him since I was like probably six. Um, but the guy, the man I call my dad, he came into my life probably, probably around the same time. Um, he and my mom worked together. She was an electrician, um, and he was too. Or he is, but he they dated for like not very long, and then mm-hmm. just we're just friends. But he stayed around. The older I've gotten, the more I've just like really um, just can't really thank God enough for him mm. because. I do remember a time when I was like, why doesn't my dad want to be in my life? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and here comes this guy who has no, there's no reason for him to like stay around. And my mom didn't make it easy for people to kind of stay around. Mm. Um, but you know, he was always there for me and my sister. And um, it's just been a beautiful representation of, of the Lord and how, you know, he, I think it was probably close to the beginning of the year. Um, you know, people talk about God being our father and people have these fathers. Like I had a biological father who took, had a role in me becoming 
a person like on the mm-hmm. earth being birthed on the earth but then it was like that's it you know mm-hmm. but god is a father who not only brings you creates you but he stays mm-hmm. he's a father who stays and never leaves um no matter how far you stray away um and i remember when he showed me that it was just like of course you are like wow. it was just such a beautiful like beautiful kind thing for him to to kind of just show me in such a gentle way and um because there are so many kids and people hurting um for fathers and for mothers mm-hmm. um and to have i know that like my dad Larry, um, he's not a biological dad, but he, I think I tell him a lot too. I'm like, I don't know the person I would be mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him. Um, and it wasn't like he, I don't, he never like was a disciplinary or gave us lectures. It was just like, he was there. He showed up, mm-hmm. um, and he was somebody dependable. He never got his feathers ruffled ever like i never saw him angry mm-hmm. even when my mom was like pushing every button you could push on a person <laughs> like basically like trying to make someone angry he refused wow and he would just be like i'm not arguing with you and would that would be it you know and i just admire that so much because that is such a rare quality mm-hmm. and so you know i was able to see that kind of quality of of a man and a person um and I think that even more so than I can even understand or realize the impact um, that he had made on me is, is just astronomical. So, did, so they were just friends, you said? Or did yeah. they? Okay. Yeah. So Larry just stepped up and was just like in your life, even though he wasn't really getting anything other than just loving on you guys. That's so awesome. What yeah. an awesome story that is. Yeah. And he stuck around, you know, even after you know, he bought me my first car. Mm-hmm. Um helped me move in and out of countless dorms and apartments and mm-hmm. came to, you know, track meets and, and games and helped me <laughs> play softball one summer. I'll never forget. You know, he came out there in his work boots and cause they needed more people out there helping. And he's just, it was just first base coach. <laughs> yeah. And it was quite the, it was quite the show, but you know, he was, he just showed up and that's mm-hmm. something I think is, what we need to do is people for each other more. Mm-hmm. And I, and I try to uh, remember a lot just to just show up for people. Yeah. So, so important. I can see why your mom was a little bit more guarded now, knowing a little mm-hmm. bit more about what she went through before. That makes more sense. And her hurt trying to protect herself yeah. and teach you like, Hey, you got to keep this guarded guard up. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, she was really good at that. And the enemy, that's that's where the enemy wants you. Like you were just t- talking about, keep you isolated, keep you in your own. You're the only one thinking these crazy thoughts. You know, he, mm-hmm. he'll make you, he'll put these thoughts in your head and then he'll, he'll call you crazy for thinking them yes. or agreeing with them. He's such a manipulative, uh, evil. And Father then lies. people blame God for what he's doing. It's He's he's a mastermind at what he does. And yeah. if you're not careful, um, Jody and I were just talking about that last night about how important it is to open up to one another. Yes. Find somebody, mother, father, brother, sister, somebody you can open up with. Yeah. Because if you don't, he'll just con- he'll just convince you all day long you're crazy and mm. you're the messed up one. No one else thinks, just like you were talking about. Yeah. And so it's a really, he takes hold of your imagination and just makes you think of 
the worst case scenario all day long if yeah. you let it if you let it feed in your mind spiral real fast and i had a conversation with someone not that long ago it's like he'll be like you're not doing enough you're so lazy and then so you do too much and it's like oh my gosh you're a terrible mother you're doing way too much not spending time with your family and it's just like mm. you see how that's how he works and you know i know that it's y'all's heart too with along with mine and garrett all those all y'all who volunteer with the kids back there like to be a safe place for those kids and you guys mm. show up so consistently for them and that's such a beautiful thing to see because especially when it's so bit everyone's so busy mm. but they're not going to open up to a stranger and mm-hmm. um you know you might they might not tell us or be able to they're really good at like hiding a lot about how like they care about us back there. I think mm-hmm. they're really good about putting a facade of like too cool. Yeah. Um, but then to get to hear from some of their parents, like, oh wow, like they, it matters. Just like I was saying, it's showing up, like you got to show up for them, mm-hmm. and that matters so much because that's how you build relationships. And even if you don't even say that much, or you know, think you have some sort of impactful conversation at, on the get go, it's just mm-hmm. like. They'd be like, oh, yeah, he got guys back there all the time. Or, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they consistently show up and that there's just no replacing that. Yeah. When, when John asked us to, it was tough at first. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't have a teenager. And part of me was like, I know, like, I wanted my calling, or I, I wanted my calling. I knew part of my calling was for, like, young adults. Yeah. And, like, younger people, but that was a little younger than I was thinking. And part of it was more just, like, being willing to serve where he asked us to serve. You know, yeah. we went through Discovery, and Garrett came in, and then it was, like, the thing I wish I could work on a little bit, and I, and I can work on it, is, like, my one-on-ones with them. Because I'm so awkward sometimes. <laughs> so, trying to, like, but I have noticed over the few months that a couple of the guys will come up to me without me coming up to them and just start talking to me. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting in there somewhere, at least Uh a little bit and, you know, making it any kind of impact I can with those one-on-ones. And then if I feel led, like while Garrett's teaching to share, you know, just Mm -hmm. not being afraid to share with them, you know, anything that comes to our minds, because it seems like when we open up Mm -hmm. any adults, then it's like bang, 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 bang. All the kids start, opening up yeah. and, and that's whenever they feel comfortable you yeah know? i love it i love being able to see like it's almost like we don't i know we haven't done small groups a lot recently mm. but it's almost like we don't need to as much anymore because they're they're being so bold mm-hmm. and they're stepping out and they're saying things that you know show the other kids like okay i can talk about that too or oh wow i can relate to that and asking questions that some of them don't even know to ask maybe mm-hmm. um that could spark something and so that's been something so awesome to see is that they are so much more just open mm. and asking the, asking the questions. And then, you know, they're asking these questions because they're probably in the word more too. Mm-hmm. They're listening. I know they're listening to what Garrett's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just been one of the really cool things too. Yeah. It's like cool to like have the option of small groups, but it's definitely yeah. never necessary. I don't, and I think like Garrett does a great job of just like, letting the spirit mm-hmm. lead him and you can tell whenever he starts getting on fire about yep. something and it's i mean he can't help it yeah it's got to come out and mm-hmm. like just like you said like the kids are opening up more to where we don't have to break up and feel like they have 
to be even in a smaller group to right. feel like they can share. Yeah. And some of the confidence and some of the things that these kids already like understand and know, mm. it's like just so encouraging. It to is. Me. One, of, one of my biggest passions for these for these kids and, and probably people in general, but especially these, these youth is like for them knowing that they have a voice mm-hmm. and they, their, their voice matters. Um, what they have to say matters. They don't have to just kind of, you know, hang back and, and not say anything, but they can kind of just, they can stand up and, and take, you know, be confident in who the Lord's created them to be. Um, and not like hang their head down about stuff. They can walk, you know, with boldness and confidence, um, mm. knowing who they are in the Lord. Cause that's something that, I mean, I didn't struggle with feeling, you know, like I was just having to hang my head all the time in school because like, I know who I am. And it wasn't mm. like a over, like, I'm kind of, so it wasn't like, I thought myself is better, but it's like, I don't need validation from my peers Mm. um, because I got that from my father, my heavenly father, you know, and, and I was able, I think because of the lack of my biological dad being around and me being let down by, by him, uh, you know, I got to experience my heavenly father as a father Mm. um, and it really ends in like beautiful way, like I was saying before. um, And so, you can either lean into him mm-hmm. and discover who you are through him, or you can say, be mad at the world. You know, mm. why is it this way? And kind of go the other direction. I'm just, I'm thankful that I went with him for sure. <laughs> like, you know, you became reliant on him more than yeah. some people would because a lot of, you know, I was comfortable growing up. I mm-hmm. had a comfortable my dad was always there. Yeah. And so even though it was, it's tragic that your dad wasn't there, mm-hmm. the fact that you didn't get angry at God or get angry with the world and blame, blame it all on somebody else, you really like stuck true to him. Yeah. Um, so you said you were a little rebellious when you were like in your college years. When did you like find yourself consistently in church? Let me see. Probably, I mean, when Garrett and I got together. Okay. Yeah. Because both prior to that, I was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, when I had, when I was in college, when I got to Bethel, I was part of um, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, um, passionately like seeking the Lord, you know, volunteering, doing things. And, um, you know, you have new and old Testament classes there, which was really awesome. And, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, I'll have Leo. And so that kind of just puts things, just your view of what the, what your life was going to be just mm-hmm. totally, it gets blurred and you're like, well, I don't really know what to, to do from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I end up, you know, working and. Uh, I do try to take him to church and we weren't a part of a church at that point. I wasn't with somebody who was seeking the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with somebody who wasn't seeking the Lord. And um, that's something I would never, if I could really 
drive home another point to to these women, these young girls, um, is to to not settle. Like thinking somebody uh, goes to church, they go to church, or they're Christians. Mm-hmm. Like that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough. You want who is, you know, diligently pursuing the Lord. Like that is their first priority. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I wish I could just really get people to understand when they're mm-hmm. seeking, um, you know, someone to, to marry a partner, a life partner. How did you meet him? Leo's dad. Mm-hmm. We went to high school together. Okay. Garrett went to the same high school. Yeah, so you guys were all in the same school. That's <laughs> yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, it's interesting. So you guys were, uh, you and Leo's dad were in the same grade, and or he was. We actually ran track together in high okay. school, so that's kind of how we really met. Um, mm-hmm. He was a year younger. Garrett's actually a year younger than I am. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and I think a lot of that, you know, as much as I feel like. Maybe I didn't have issues because I didn't have like my biological father. Mm-hmm. I can see in some of those aspects how it really does. Um, it makes a difference, mm-hmm. like when you're in relationships, dating, and stuff like that. Because you know, in some some areas of my life, I was just like, I um, don't need you know validation, whatever. Mm-hmm. Totally, you know, fine without doing what the world's doing. But then there are other aspects where. You know, the whole psyche gets involved about, you know, mm. do you want to be with somebody? Well, do they really want to be with you? It's like, well, if maybe they don't, then you want to be mm-hmm. with them. It's just it's really messed up kind of stuff. And then when you're young and, you know, we do stupid things. but You didn't, like, know what an example of a dad looked like or a father looked like, right? So, yeah. I mean, that, that can also, like, affect you too because, like, you don't, you know, you don't really know and – you love this guy, you know, eventually, you know, it, you think, you think, you, you think know you what do. it is. And then, yeah, you know, life happens and sometimes those true colors start showing up and, you know, from being on here with women who've dealt with like all types of situations, mm-hmm. you know, they try so hard to like love through it. I, I will tell you, what I think the key issue is for a lot of us women who do have big hearts and we're nurturing people is that we see maybe a sliver mm. of um, like potential. Mm-hmm. They will show you just a glimpse of mm-hmm. a good, well, maybe a decent man, like a decent person, just a glimpse of it, you know? Um, and then I think that's where we get twisted where probably even Satan is like, Oh, you can help this person. Mm. You can help. You can, talk to them about god sure go ahead like you can love them anyway love them through it like it's such so destructive you know Mm. to an extent because yeah you can there are people that are going to hear but then other people that aren't you can't minister you're not going to be the one to minister to them at some point Mm -hmm. um and i think a lot of that maybe is some kind of savior complex or, you know, it just goes back to my mind always goes back to the psychologies and, you know, children like being childhood and stuff. And, um, so it's, you know, a lot of people from the outside, they're like, that is so ridiculous. Why would they do that? Why would they say that person? Like, and mm. everybody else on the outside, it's like, why is she with that person? Like mm. not a good person, doesn't value her, you know, has been unfaithful like mm. blatantly 
making me look like an idiot, you know, like making mm. me look ridiculous. And, but to that person that's in it, it's like, you're so, everything is so mixed up in your mm. mind. Um, you got to defend yourself a little bit. Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes you convince yourself of stuff that might not necessarily be true. Well, you don't know the whole situation. Yeah. They only see the outside looking in. They don't really yeah. know. They don't know the conversation we just had last night where he he actually like he said really said nice he's sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like he's really turning, a, you know, he's really turning a page. <laughs> Made all these promises. And mm-hmm. and then you might want it to work out so bad because it's like, oh, yeah, you don't want to either don't want to be alone or you don't want to like start over. Mm. That's or, a huge thing, right? Yeah. And that, I don't really know if it was so much even the being alone for me. It was just like, you find your, I'll tell you what, it was, how did I get here? Mm. How did I, you look up one day and you're like, what? How did this happen? How did Mm. I get to this point in my life where it's like, I've made this big of a mess and there's no other way you have to make another, it's like you, and I've got, I guess maybe controversial I don't even call it controversial because I know from me specifically, because I was, I was married. Right. And because at that time, you know, still pretty postpartum young child, mm-hmm. I was like, I will, I do not ever want to be without my child. And so I don't, I didn't see any other way out. And then, you know, things kind of be told to you um, and you feel like this is, you're really the only option. You're kind of just, this is what it is. Mm. Um, you know, I wasn't called to that. The Lord did not call me to that. That's a tough one. Um, for sure. I definitely like, I heard a Christian podcast talking about divorce and I definitely didn't agree with a lot of what the guy said, but there are times whenever that is the option. And like, for me, it's like really tough because like, I really want to say like, Fight, you know, fight for the right. But at some point, you know, the, you, the, at some point, the person's proven that they're not going to change, right? Yeah. Or at some point, like you have to know, and you have to make that decision for yourself. And so, for you, that was the healthiest option. Yeah, and then it matters. Like, do you understand what a covenant agreement is? Yeah, he broke the covenant. But do you even know you're getting what you're even getting into? That's true. That's like true. when you say, are you making a promise to the Lord? Are you just saying things because you're standing there and that's no other option in your mm. mind? Like, it, it's just, it's not, I don't think it's, you know, black and white as everyone like, because there's, I mean, the Bible is black and white. I mean, there's no gray areas about what the word, you know, what mm-hmm. God says. Um, but then there's a lot of other areas where it's just, you know, I know that Garrett was supposed to be my husband. Right. I know that 100%. I know that um, I was called out of that previous marriage that I wasn't called to. And it was a a paper marriage. Mm. It was a, let's stand in front of this person, say these words because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Um, I knew I wasn't supposed to do it when I did it. Mm. And then I was like, what did I just do? Um. And so that's was you just it's like a religious act, you know, as people do, but it's like there's no does that am I, does that make sense? Like yeah, what I'm no, trying for to sure. um but now on the other hand, me and Gare are married one hundred percent 
we knew what we were getting into. I know what this covenant um, agreement is with the Lord. Like I've, we're both 100% dedicated our lives, you know, to each other. There's no mm-hmm. getting out of it kind of thing. Um, if something were to just crazy happen, I'm not going to walk away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am thankful for where I am now and who I'm with now, life I have. And, um, you know, that's a hard. Just thinking about the weight of the covenant thing. I, I It's still like I'm still processing it. But that's so true. Like there are a lot of times when you get married, you don't really realize what you're really signing up for. And that's why God, he, and he showed me this recently too, is like, that's why I talk about how awful divorce is hmm. because it is awful to rip a, pa- a family apart, but it's awful to force people together who don't belong together. You know what I mean? Like right. it's, divorce is awful. That's why he's saying it's awful. So you should take in heavy consideration of what you're getting into. Yes. That's so important. And it's not like, Oh, <laughs> well you fell into a drug addiction. Now you're a drug addict. Sorry. You're just going to have to be a drug addict forever, you know? Yeah. And you just find yourself in situations. And, and like, that's something that is just, it's so awful because the Lord does not want us to be in those situations where we have to, you know, possibly be, apart from our children, you mm-hmm. know, and you've caused pain and there's, you know, all these terrible things that happen. Um, the Lord doesn't want that for us. And so we have to be mindful and be careful about, about marriage and what you're getting into and taking it very seriously and understanding, okay, do you know what a covenant is? Do you know what that mm-hmm. means? Like to, you know, if this, if you break that covenant agreement, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and the world's such a terrible example of it. It's, it is. Yeah. Because we take, we take it and just kind of, everyone wants the Facebook post. They want the, the mm-hmm. ring. They want the wedding. Mm-hmm. But they, but the marriage is is something that they only think about. Like an afterthought. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I got to be with this person forever. Man, this is a very important conversation. A lot of 20-something-year-olds need to have with their mm-hmm. significant other because looking back, um, I was so ignorant to – and and Jody thought about it a lot more than I did, and she was a lot closer to leaving than I was because I was just bliss. Yeah. When you're in your 20s, you think you know everything. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that is something you're you're signed for an eternity with this person for mm-hmm. a, a forever. And a lot of people nowadays, they live together first. Mm-hmm. They think they've got the the life figured out, right? Yeah. Oh, well, we've been living together. I already know their ins and outs, their, their daily habits. I know who they are. I'll be fine. And then a lot of times there's underlying issues that they've never dealt with. And then when they're in therapy, if a couple of years later down the road are ready to yeah. break up, you know, they didn't deal with the tough yeah. stuff before that. Cause like people sometimes don't change. No, and you're so right. You're just expecting them to. Yeah. And even that, it's like, who is this person? Do you know this person's character as far as like when your world comes crashing down around you? What are they, what are they going to do? Mm. Are they going to run away or are they going to? help you pick up the pieces and hold everything together. You know, when you guys get into a terrible argument, are they going to be able to look in and inward and say, I messed up. I need to grow in this area. How can I be a better husband? How can I be Mm -hmm. a better wife? And like you come together and you're stronger because of it. Like those are really crucial things that 
we don't ask us, you know, a lot of people don't ask ourselves before they get into a marriage because you are just that like, you know, blissful, just dumb kind of you stop using your brain mm-hmm. you're just like oh i just love this person i'm from forever and so you don't think about all the things that you know the life when life gets heavy um mm-hmm. or when you're not the nicest person to that person or like mm-hmm. your own flaws and ways you can grow so let's hear the story of how you and Garrett got together. I love hearing his side and I want to hear your side of how you guys got together. It's a great, it's a great story. And, um, you know, I will say Garrett is a wonderful storyteller. Not always. I'm like, I, I'm not a great storyteller, so I'll do my best. Um, so we did meet first originally at a church camp Hmm. called basic. Um, and, it was at this place called the basic was a church camp, I guess the hill is the the building, the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was through a friend of mine's church. Um, and so we go and I, we're all sitting in this big circle at this place in the hill. And I don't know what I'm like, I love the Lord and yeah, I'll go to church camp. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's a few days of like doing volunteer things, but i I can't say I remember like the first moment I saw Garrett, but mm-hmm. I remember being around him for the first time. And I was like, this guy's hilarious. I like really love being around him. He's just funny, mm-hmm. just full of joy, just always, you know, just goofy. And someone you can just be like, you know, they bring light into the room or like, mm-hmm. you know, they just make things. You just feel a bit lighter when they're around because they're just fun. And mm-hmm. he had like long blonde hair. I think it might've been down to his shoulders maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember a time we were like, I think we had to like, we're doing Habitat for Humanity, building houses, and you had to like get down underneath the house and spread all these gravel. It was crazy. (laughs) So I'm like, this guy's great. We're friends. This is awesome. Um, And then that was middle school, maybe eighth grade. Um, And then, you know, get to high school and stuff and, and he's a year behind me, um, but we end up kind of just being being friends and everything. And we went, I even went to uh, a school dance together, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, he was such a gentleman. He's like, I'm not going to touch you at all. <laughs> 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 he was very, he was, but um, he's one of the people that was like, yeah, go to dance with Gary. It'd be so much fun. Um, and then, you know, after high school, I don't, we didn't like talk or anything. And and he, you know, knew the relationship that I was in and stuff. And, um, but I knew, I remember even saying to, to Leo's dad one time, like, I don't really know what's going on with Garrett, but like, I really hope that, you know, it's not anything serious or that, you know, he gets, gets out of whatever mm-hmm. kind of situations he's got himself into. And, mm-hmm. And so, um, I've always like really cared about him and thought like he was a wonderful person. And, um, so I actually was, oh man, Garrett just sent me like a screenshot of when he first, when he first messaged me, I think it was in August of 2008. And so like I'm in PA school and he's in rehab mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I see his name up and he asked me if I ever had heard like this, uh, this, um, 
Start Over by NF or Flame. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that song. It's a great song. And then, you know, Gareth says that, you know, he talks about how he's just loves the Lord. And, mm. and I knew in that moment, I, I, I know, and I remember being like, I will do whatever it takes to help Garrett to walk through with this with him, mm. to walk out his, um, his faith and come alongside him and support him in that. Mm-hmm. And it was a purely friend. I was like, yeah, Garrett's great, you know, but I'm not interested in him. Um, friend zoned. <laughs> yeah. And he loves when I mention that. Um, but it's the truth. <laughs> And that's kind of the miraculous thing about what the Lord did. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was very, like, whatever, whenever you want to hang out, Gary, like, well, like, I, like, want to help you in this, your new life with the Lord. And and so the first time we actually hung out, it was to, he, he, him and Cody Farley um, were helping these older people move. And Garrett's like, well, I mean, we're helping these people move. You want to come and help? I'm like, absolutely. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's the first time we hang out is we're, you know, volunteering to help this, this couple move. And, <laughs> and, you know, the first thing that happens is we walk into this house. It's like, I'm with, it's me. And then like two guys that I'm with mm-hmm. and the woman automatically assumes that Garrett and I are married. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> no, we're just friends. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, sorry. You know, and um, the woman starts talking to me about how, like, I should be careful. Like, don't be with somebody who's been in addiction and stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, you don't have to worry. Like, it's not, like, we're not together. You don't have to give me some kind of lecture, you know. Wow. And he told me later on, like, we th- <laughs> he and Cody got back to their house. And he, Cody was like, Gary, she is not into you, man. <laughs> like, was just so harsh about it. Um, but that's the beautiful thing about Garrett is like, he may, he has always liked me like from mm-hmm. when he first saw me, but he, he's such a strong character that he's like, well, no, I'm hanging out there. We're friends and I know she loves the Lord mm-hmm. and that's important to me. And so, um, you know, he was shooting a shot if he's asking a girl to help him move. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if like, that was like his idea. I think, cause I was so like, when do you, you know? What, I don't really know how that transpired, but I mm-hmm. remember being very, um, you know, he reached out and I'm like, I want to help him. I want to walk. I want to come alongside him in this new journey because knowing what he'd been through and what his life is now, like it was mm-hmm. just such a, I knew he needed that support too around him. And and so um, we hang out and we go to, um, and I'm in this time actually, in February of this year, I start specifically praying for my, my husband. Mm. And um, that is, that's actually when he turned himself in mm-hmm. and went to Marsh County Jail um, and had a, a really cool interaction with the Lord um, and left situation. And that's when I started actually praying for the Lord to prepare my husband for me and to prepare me for my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, been in the word a lot and then I was doing a devotional about um it was about kingdom marriage and this was around the exact same time everything was happening with you know he messaged me and I still kind of was like okay we're friends and was he completely done with the uh lifeline at this point like was he graduated or was he he wasn't graduated yet okay um and so and we were still friends he hadn't even 
he, that wasn't even his goal, and he hadn't even. Right. I was just curious. If yeah. He was, uh, but in his defense, he was not by any means like there was no ill intention to right. like try to to win me over. It was just like you know he knew that he needed people in his life who knew Jesus and loved Jesus. And so he's like, I, he was like, I knew that you did. So, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm reading in this devotional and it's talking about like how you choose a partner, like who you choose to marry. Um, and it's, you know, who, who you're going to achieve kingdom works with. Mm-hmm. And, and I have like, you know, screenshots. And I probably posted it before, but you know, I remember being, you know, on my knees in my old, my little apartment, Mm-hmm. And, you know, praying, seeking the Lord and just asking and talking to him about, you know, how my life was going in general, which wasn't fantastic. I mean, I was, you know, had gone through a divorce and in school and, um, you know, actively trying to put things back together. But anyway, um, we had gone out um kind of just me and him and and somebody else and just best friends, you know, and um, he was talking about kind of his testimony and, and it was like that night things started to change and someone was like, Oh man, you'd be really good at like public speaking or something. And I immediately said, he's going to be a preacher. Mm. I don't, I didn't say it out loud, but in my mind I was like nearly offended. (laughs) Mm. I was like, no, he's going to preach the word. Mm-hmm. Um, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind. And, um, I don't know when I told him like, that was what I was like, that's happening. Um, because I don't know if he, he didn't know that was his calling at that time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, I think I got back even to my apartment that night and I was reading that devotional and that's when it specifically said, this is who you choose as a, a spouse as someone you can achieve kingdom goals with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can build the kingdom with and, and do, you know, things the Lord's called you to. And I audibly heard Garrett's name. Hmm. Like the Lord was like, Garrett. And I remember my response was, really? <laughs> Garrett, really? And I was like, okay. Hmm. And so the next time I saw him in person, I was like, oh my gosh. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it was just like, there's my husband. And... Um, and so that's kind of how it's been since then, but it was one of those things that like I knew because the Lord said, that's your husband. Cause I remember praying for Lord, please give me like, I'm going to miss it. If you're not very clear, mm. I'm afraid I'm going to miss what you're telling me. I afraid I'm going to, because I've made mistakes on my own. I clearly don't have good judgment. Like I need you to tell me mm. <laughs> without a doubt, um, what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to be with. And it was like, I heard him say it in my head, Garrett. And I was just like, okay. And just to go from seeing someone like in a total, like night and day, mm-hmm. you know, the next time you see them, it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, that makes total sense. And so that's just kind of been, it's been it since then. That's a movie in the making right now, right there. That's so <laughs> cool. You know, the, like, just that like realization you had, you know, that yeah. opening of your heart to like, yeah. oh, wow, you know, that is so God it and is. Uh, speaking to both of you, mm-hmm. audibly telling Garrett, you know, turn yourself in yeah, and speaking his name to you. That's just so cool that God was, you know, and 
that's encouraging to me and uh, definitely will be encouraging to Jody because like we're believing for something like that. Yeah. Like we need to know what her next step is. Mm-hmm. And so like we want it to be clear because just like you said, I, I messed it up. Yeah. You know, yeah. jo- Jody and I aren't perfect. And sometimes you rush into decisions and then you get yourself in a situation where you, you don't know if you're supposed to be and you need to hear from him what's what's my next step. Yeah, especially if it's um, something that you may be uncomfortable with. Like if it's mm. uh, one way or another, like if you think that if you make one decision, you're going to be in a situation where life will be more difficult or mm. the world thinks that it's ridiculous. You have to know that the Lord told you one way or the other because that's the only thing that you can stand on because everything else is going to tell you that you made the wrong choice mm-hmm. unless you can know within yourself because get, I've, get, I've been there and, you know, if he's like, Leslie, I got this job offer before he, you know, was over here mm-hmm. being a youth pastor and he quit that job at Walgreens and, um, and I knew like I've, can see things before Garrett. Um, um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can see things adding up and I'm like, I know this is it. And he's like, I, I need to know, like, I need, I'm like, what more do you need to see? There's like, it's so obvious what you should do, but, mm. um, you know, in these situations you just have to, because when it comes down to those times, cause you're gonna have moments where you're like, did we make the right choice? Like mm. our bank account says we didn't, or right. the world's like, you really should be, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be doing that. It doesn't make any sense. You know? And I would tell Garrett, He'd be like, I don't, do I need to get a side job? Or do I need to take this off or that off? I'm like, Garrett, did the Lord tell you to leave that job? If the answer is yes, then we don't need to talk about anything else. Mm. There's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> the enemy is going to try to attack you immediately and yeah. make you unsure, impatient. And that, that's so important to hold on to that word mm-hmm. and make sure like, okay, I am where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Even if I don't get it right now. The Lord has me right where I need to be. Yeah, and that's so he's so good because he will tell you. Mm-hmm. There's not my mind because he's told me, he's told Garrett, he's not, you know, and it's not going to be, you're going to have to put that time aside to listen. Yes. And and um, get in a secret place with the Lord and um, and just take time to, you know, hear him without any other distractions and Mm -hmm. whether it's like your commute to work or whatever, but like, you're going to have to be like, okay, I'm listening. And then actually listen. Cause he will, he will tell you and it'll be clear. Um, and sometimes if you don't hear anything, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to wait till you tell me cause I didn't hear anything different. Right. Um, and that's hard. That's like the hardest part is like, I don't know. (laughs) That's super hard. Cause then you're like, am I deaf? Right. Yeah. And he's like, just be patient, yeah. right? Like he's he's telling you without telling you. And I've heard mm-hmm. uh, that before on here. You know, sometimes nothing at all is him saying something to you. Yeah. You know, like whatever he told you before is still what you right. should stand on. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's nothing to, we shouldn't be making any. And I think that's we should get better about that. I know I should. And as a as a church and people who love the Lord, like we need to get better about bringing everything to God. Oh, so yeah. Being so used to bringing what you think is just minuscule, we need to take it before the Lord and and talk mm-hmm. to Him about it. Like have that relationship where it's like, I gotta talk to God about this, or like let mm-hmm. me seek the Lord. And it's like the more we do, the more we hear Him, and and you know we tell the kids like because they ask a lot about well, how do you know it's God? Mm-hmm. Like how do you know what you're supposed to do? It's like 
that's that's tricky sometimes. You know, it's like, well, you spend time with him and recognize it. And he knows your heart. And being yeah. honest with him and ex- expressing your heart, actually doing it rather than trying to, like, yes. hide it from him. Because when you open yourself up and you start asking him, you know, are you just honest? Hey, I'm frustrated about this. Or, hey, yeah. I'm struggling with this. Then your spirit will quicken to you that word you need. You know, it's like if you're not honest with him, you're closing yourself off from him trying to help you. Yeah. And that's why I tell, I think I've even mentioned that to kids before. Like, you know, you're not, you're not going to hurt God's feelings. Like he can take it. Like right. he can take your, he already knows you feel it. Like mm-hmm. he can take it. He can handle it. And, and, you know, like we had, I'd met Pastor John before and he had said something that is just so profound that I've used a lot even helping other people is like, he talks about, you know, people venting or whatever, especially like in a, a marriage, mm. knowing that like, if I'm needing to talk something through, that's totally irrational. Mm. I know it's irrational. Garrett <laughs> knows it's irrational. But the point is like, I'm talking it out and he's taking all this on. Like I'm just word vomiting on him. Right. And I'm mm. venting and like, but I always land on like, reality truth mm. you find yourself okay now i know like that's silly and this is a tr- like that's how it is with the lord if you're talking things out with him mm-hmm. you're being real you're saying these things you hear yourself saying these things you're like well that's not true <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and and you land on um you know rational ground and solid ground and and clear judgment that's when it's you know done its job mm. it's when you I guess get really off and left field and you aren't finding yourself back to that rational place. But, and that's Lord's doing. He's just sitting there and he's listening. He's letting you kind of get it all out and Mm -hmm. know, and that's, he's so good like that, you know, we're like a two year old, you know, like every time I have a moment with my two year old, it's like, a constant like little reminder of like oh that's probably how god sees me oh, as a two-year-old yeah. oh i finally get it or throwing a temper tantrum and he's just patient yeah. throughout the whole um situation that's so, so, that's so true because we're like why aren't you listening to us you don't listen to anything i say and then god there we are just doing the kind of same thing to the lord mm-hmm. but he's he's good he's patient he doesn't yell at us just so what's next him. for leslie and garrett what's what's next what do you guys got goals for I think we're just really soaking up right now mm-hmm. and just trying our best to see what the Lord has us in right this moment, not missing anything, um, not getting ahead of ourselves and, and really just seeking his vision for what he wants us to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And just, you know, the taking in the, like the heaviness, a little bit of the responsibility that he's entrusted us with. Mm-hmm. Um, is, it's just incredible. Um, and, you know, we want to absolutely do only what he wants. And, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to seek out and, and hear what his vision is. You know, and we're excited to to really, you know, kind of get in, get into all this stuff and, and meet with, with all you guys, all the leaders and stuff, and just see what we can kind of collaborate and how things are going and get some feedback and, and go from there and, you know, build more, spend more time with the kids, even mm-hmm. outside of Wednesday nights and um, 
So it's really exciting stuff. We'll see what the Lord has, has in mind. But I think right now we're just really soaking in where we're at, the amazing people we're serving with, like the opportunities that we have to, to be here serving with people we do and the pastors we're serving with and learning from. It's just like a gold mine that, mm. you know, we found ourselves in and, um, and it's like hard to even think about like, well, well you know, what are we going to end up doing? You know, mm-hmm. years down the road, it's just, um, you know, really just being present and trying to, to learn as much as we can from these, these pastors we have and, um, people that are walking things out with us and gaining wisdom. I've been really, really, really mm. leaning in a lot on that with the Lord. It's just like, God, just, I need your, I want your wisdom and, mm-hmm. um, seeking out people who, you know, can give me their wisdom and, you know, mm-hmm. share it with me. And, um, and I know Garrett wants the same. We just want so badly to just hear the Lord and do his will. <laughs> I love y'all's heart in that and soaking up the season. And God has orchestrated it so yeah. perfectly to where our church is in a ramp season. Mm-hmm. What a better time to like come abroad, come aboard and like become part of this ministry and soak it in, right? Yeah. This is a great season for that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having that heart and keeping that heart instead of getting like antsy or trying to push things, just mm-hmm. really like, being present, I feel like that's awesome that you guys are able to do that. It's inspiring. Um, you know, we didn't even get into like your son and like his like cancer battle and everything, and I yeah. wanted to, but kind of gone for about an hour. So I don't know <laughs> if you wanted to dive into that a little bit, but um, he's getting his port taken out. Yeah, here. Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It's amazing. So no more. Uh, he chemo has, through the port or whatever. Yeah, so he's done with IV chemo. He'll have spinal chemo that same day. And then he'll be done with oral chemo on Thanksgiving. That's so awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And I and I will say, you know, if I and I tell people all the time, if I didn't know the Lord, things would be so different for me. I don't know how mm-hmm. I would have made it through any of it. You know, when he was there from the second that I, you know, found out what happened and and I just remember him his peace that he gave me. Just immediately. Just going through like the devastation of understanding your son had mm-hmm. cancer to seeing him at his worst with the steroids. I can't imagine, yeah. you know, I've seen. Uh, so whenever I was like 14, I knew like a seven year old who got a tumor on his brainstem and I watched it slowly kill him yeah. and saw him with the steroids and how big he got. And to, for you guys to go from the worst to walking this out with the Lord um, and to be at the final stages and believe that that leukemia will never come back. Mm-hmm. It's completely gone. That's truly an awesome testimony that you guys can hold on to. And uh, Leo, I think we'll understand more and more, you know, about what God's done there for him and for you guys. Yeah. So it's super exciting stuff. He's a, it's a very wise kid. And, and even this past Sunday, you know, just, listening to to pastor john and and you can just see that things are working and and he asked so many good questions and he's just got this the most precious heart and it's just so thoughtful and and kind and you know from the beginning um 
before Leo was even diagnosed, I remember asking Garrett because he's going through some of these symptoms. I'm like, what if Leo has cancer? Mm. And he's like, that's no, no, that's no, he doesn't, you know. And so it's just funny how the Lord gives you just as a mother and, and intuitions and mm. um and then whenever I found out and heard and had that whole scenario happen, it's like I there wasn't a moment then in my mind that we wouldn't get to what's happening now. Like he he would be healed and cleared from it and would get through it and there was never been any question. That's good stuff. I'm trying yeah, to think of a good question good. for you, but I ain't got nothing. Um, you know, coming from like, you know, a life of maybe not having people always be so like compassionate. Mm-hmm. What's some advice you can give to people out there who who maybe don't see that on a daily basis? Where can they find that compassion? I think just being, letting yourself be used to be that compassion for other people. Mm. Um, is the best way to find that compassion, Mm. um, to receive it, you know, to give it and receive it because it really, like anybody who's struggling with any kind of like depression or, um, anxiety or they feel they lack something, the best thing you can do is to stop thinking about you, Mm. um, focus on maybe, you know, saying, okay, I'm going to look for these opportunities to show compassion, I'm going to look for these opportunities to encourage somebody, to bring joy to their life, to see somebody, to smile at a stranger, Mm. to do these things that are little but life-changing at the same time, and that that will change everything. Wow, that's really good. Because if you're sowing compassion, you're probably going to reap some compassion. Yeah. And getting out of your own way and not being selfish and like self-internalizing it all to... I mean, that's got to be a shift inside to show it when you've never been shown it. But if you can get there and you can Mm -hmm. give it, you can start receiving it. Absolutely. And even showing compassion to yourself. Because I Mm -hmm. guarantee you, if you're someone who's not felt much compassion, you might be vulnerable to being hard on yourself even. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe thinking like you're the problem. You're, you know, in the way. You're inconvenient. Whatever it is. It's like, no. Give yourself that compassion that you deserve and you need. Mm. Um, and having that grace for yourself is is really important in knowing that like that God can provide that for you and hearing his words and what he says about you um, and receiving compassion from him mm-hmm. and knowing his love and his heart for you. That can be hard to receive if you don't know how. Thank you so much Thank for uh, coming on here and sharing your testimony with me. It's been Such a pleasure. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the WBF podcast. Whether it's your first time or you've listened to every single episode, it's truly just a blessing to be able to speak with you guys and bring the testimony of what Jesus has done in, in the lives of the people around me. If you guys are blessed, I just ask that you share these testimonies with your friends and family, confidently post them on your social medias, because we never know whose testimony it is that's gonna to touch someone else. And I'm believing that these testimonies will touch the world, not for our glory, but for the glory of Jesus 
So if you want to be a part of growing this ministry and seeing the equipment get better, eventually get to see video, you can go to the WBF Podcast Facebook page and find out more. I'm praying for every single listener that God will bless you and He'll open your heart to whatever He's got in store for you. So thank you, and we will see you guys next week.